Amen. You can be seated. I want to thank you for being here on this special day. Really, all month, we're going to be celebrating our anniversary here at Cathedral of Faith. We have special things planned every weekend. Next weekend, I'll be speaking. Uh, But but today, uh, I want you to hear, well, if you could only come to one weekend this month, I'm glad you're here for today. Because you're going to hear the best sermon of the whole month. You are going to hear a sermon from our founding pastor, Pastor Kenny Foreman, my dad. It was the last time he spoke on a weekend. He was, well, he was just a kid about 80 years old. And he gave this sermon that is a faith-building sermon. If you want to stay discouraged, you may want to leave right now because this sermon is going to build your faith. Out of this sermon come one of our phrases. There are mu- there's music and phrases that have shaped who we are and what we do here at Cathedral. We call it legacy language. And one of those phrases, who can say it's a bad day until all the days have been added up? You're going to hear it in this sermon. So, boy, open your heart up with faith. If you're going through a storm, here's what to do in the eye of that storm. Frustrations are not final. Mistakes are not fatal, and delays are not denials. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. My prayer for this ministry, Father, help us to care about people nobody else cares about. Help us to hear the cries of those nobody else is hearing. Who could say it was a bad day until all the days were added up? I want to share with you what to do when you're in the eye of the storm. What to do when you're in the eye of the storm? Reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, remain standing for the reading of the Word. I want to start with the 23rd verse. And when Jesus has sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, went unto the disciples, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, 
and they cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It is I. Be of good cheer. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore did thou doubt father I thank you in advance for the miracles that you're going to give to us in this service I praise you for it in advance let the glory of God, let your presence be felt in a measure that we have never felt it before. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Turn around and look at somebody and say, expect a miracle. Come on, turn around, look at someone and say, expect a miracle. Chippy, the parakeet never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage. The next second, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> she removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. She barely said help, had hardly stuck it in the cage when the phone rang, and she turned to pick it up. She'd barely said hello when she heard. Chippy got sucked in. <laughs> the bird's owner began to grasp and say, oh, no, put down the phone. And she turned off the vacuum and opened the bag. And there was Chippy, still alive but stunned. And since the bird was covered with soot and dust, she grabbed him, raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, held Chippy onto the running water. <laughs> and then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, 
She did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer <laughs> and blasted the pet with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. <laughs> A few days after the trauma, the reporter who initially had written about the event contacted the Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing anymore. He just sits and stares. And it's hard not to see why. Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from the stoutest of hearts. I want to ask you, though, can you relate to Chippy? I think all of us at some time has gone through that kind of experience. One minute you're seated in a very familiar territory with a song on your lips, with peace in your heart, and all of a sudden the telephone rings and the doctor says, it's cancer. Or the pink slip comes, or the rejection letter arrives, the divorce papers are delivered, the check bounces, a policeman knocks on the door and says your son is in trouble. The life that has been calm is now chaotic. You're hail-stormed by the demands of life. You're assailed by doubt and fear. The waves of pressure slam against you. The winds of anxiety and the clouds of darkness begins to shatter over you. You're in the eyes of the storm. And what do you do? What do you do when you're in the eyes of the storm? How can you remain calm in the midst of chaos? How can you find peace in the midst of perplexity? And while there are many forms of the storm, there seems to be only a few solutions, some of which may not be solutions at all. There are several I want to share with you for the next few moments. Number one, you can face the storms of your life resentfully. And this is the most common way, but it is also 
the hopeless way of facing it. You can allow yourself to settle down in a mood of self-pity, telling yourself how awful it is. And there is not a more corrosive, destructive, negative emotion than that of resentment and self-pity. You need to understand, and if you don't understand anything else, hear me. You need to understand that the storms are part of the normal climate, and adversity is a part of a normal life. In other words, the storms will come. They're normal part of our life. It's not, will they come? But it's what we do when they do come. The second thing you can do to face the storms of your life, you can face them stoically or indifferently. You can take them as a turtle takes the prodding of a stick. You can't hurt a turtle very much by knocking on his shell. And we too can make a shell and take whatever comes our way. And we can get pretty hard and calloused in the process. But it is a very negative thing to do when you're in the eye of the storm. The third thing you can do when you're in the eye of the storm is to do what Christ taught us to do. Christ taught us to stay to face the storms of life not historically, not indifferently, but creatively. He taught us to make them pay, make them produce. But everything depends upon the spirit in which you face them. When the storm strikes a rooster, he folds up. He just endures it. He wraps his wing about him to protect himself as best as he can, just drooping through to the dreary end. But when the storm strikes the eagle, he has another spirit. He spreads its wings, and he makes the winds to carry him to higher heights above the storm. Come on. And that same spirit can be yours today. You can face that storm the same way. Look at Jesus. Look how he faced the storms of life. Look at the cross, the storm which was meant to destroy him and his purpose for life forever. But he faced that cross, and he took that cross, which was one of the most despised, the most negative, the ugliest, the most dreaded storm the devil had ever devised up to destroy him. And he took that ugly, 
dreadful, ugly, despised cross and transformed it into something beautiful that would lift men to the very feet of God. Come on. That which was ugly is now beautiful. That which was dreaded is now a symbol of God's love. Nothing more beautiful than the cross today. Jesus took it. He made that cross become a force that would change people's lives forever. And so can we. The storms of life, of circumstances, you need to know will never break you if you have God on your side. Come on, that's a good place to shout. That the power of God in you shall sustain you. He's your shelter. He's your healer. He's your provider. The Apostle Paul knew what it was to be in the eye of many storms. And he concludes with these words. After going through storm after storm in his life, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or, neck and, or persecution or famine, as it is written, we are, oh, we are killed all the day long for your sake. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all of these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, come on, that's a good place to shout. Hallelujah. The Word of God will sustain you, and none of the circumstances of life will break you. You need to walk with an awareness. I love this. That the sun will outlast every storm you face in your life. In fact, it doesn't matter how hard or how difficult that storm is, the sun is always shining. God's always there, friend. God's always there. The smallest ship in the largest ocean, in the midst of the worst storm, will not sink if you don't let the water get in it. 
One of my favorite stories is that of an ancient Chinese parable about an old man who lived with the son in an abandoned fort. One night, the old man's horse, the only horse he had, wandered away, and his neighbors all came over to say how sorry they were for his misfortune. And he said, how do you know this is a misfortune? A week later, the horse came home, bringing with him a whole herd of wild horses. And the neighbors all came over. And again, they helped him capture the horses and congratulated him on his good fortune. And the old man smiled. And he said, how do you know this is good fortune? And as the days went on, the old man's son took to riding the horse. One day he was thrown and wound up with a crippled leg. And the neighbors came over again. Oh, and they told him how sorry they were for his bad luck. But the old man said, how do you know this is bad luck? In less than a week, a Chinese warlord came along, drafted all the able-bodied men for his private little war. But the old man's son, being crippled, missed the war. Once more, the neighbors came over to rejoice with him about his good luck. And once more, the old man said, how do you know this is good luck? The story ends there, but it could go on forever. The moral of this story is that no event is final, nor can it be properly appraised on the day that it happens. It cannot be put down as either good or bad until all the days are added up. Ooh, it seemed like a bad, bad, bad day. When Joseph's brothers sold him into, into Egypt. But read the life of Joseph. And when you come to a place, you'll find that Joseph became second in command in all of Egypt. Come on, who could say it was a bad day until all the days were added up? And what seemed to be a bad day when Jesus was crucified. Think about it. We call it Good Friday now. But think about that day when darkness covered the earth. His disciples had forsaken him. And he hung on the cross between two thieves. What an awful day it was. All of the dreams and the hopes and the aspirations of the disciples were shattered. Their Savior, their Messiah, was hanging on a cross, being crucified the most despised way that a man could die. It was a bad, bad day 
far as they knew. But you see, who could say it was a bad day until all the days were added up? Sunday was a coming. Come on, Sunday was a coming. Sunday was a coming. And you know what? Some of you may think, my, this is a bad day. Oh, look at Pastor Foreman. It's a bad day for him. Cancer, heart problems. But Sunday is a coming, friend. Who can say it's a bad day until all the days have been added up? You might say, I don't know where my finances is coming. I don't know how I'm going to get out of my problems. I don't know what I'm going to do today. But look up. Who can say it's a bad day? Your Sundays are coming. Your Sundays are coming. Your Sunday is a coming. Your Sunday is on its way. Come on, give God a praise offering for us. Whoa, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 